Joining us today from the eerily quiet city of Las Vegas, but he's from Chicago originally, one of the biggest faces uh, on the media side in the UFC, the man known for asking Dana White all the best questions, the Howard Cosell of the UFC. He's the Schmo. Schmo, welcome to the BAM Show. What an introduction. I appreciate that. Uh, Honored to be part of the BAM Show, guys. Thanks for having the Schmo here in uh, the quiet city of Las Vegas. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Just like you said, the quiet city of Las Vegas. Las Vegas usually never sleeps. It's always jumping, always something to do. Pool parties, clubs, restaurants. I miss it. I I, I really miss (laughs) Las Vegas. Just kind of give us the scene, man. How is Las Vegas right now during this pandemic? And is there any city plans for uh, the reopening of Las Vegas? Listen, they don't even put locks on casino doors. These things are open 24 hours, seven days a week. No one would ever thought they would see the day that the entire strip is shut down. No restaurants, no casinos, no gambling. It is dead quiet. The schmo's driven down the strip a couple of times over the past couple of weeks. Just eerie. There's just literally nobody, no humans on the strip. <laughs> Never thought we'd see the day. Now, Governor Sisolak, they extended the stay-at-home orders through mid-May, May 15th, so everything's shut down here. But look, the Schmo being a part of the UFC, this being the home of the UFC, uh, Dana White built the UFC apex here. This city, when sports resume, it will be one of the first ones to get everything up and bustling the way we are accustomed to. Yeah, because I'm, I'm going to need that Dennis Rodman Vegas vacation real soon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We've done a bunch of shows. We can probably name two or three that he hasn't mentioned Vegas in. So thanks for, thanks for confirming that it's shut down so we can keep him at home. I, I, just, need it. I just need a confirmation. That's what I needed. <laughs> cool. All right. One of the faces of UFC. We got UFC 249 finally happening for now. It, it was supposed to happen in Brooklyn, then in California. Now it's happening in Jacksonville. They say this could be the best card ever. You got uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone against Anthony Pettis. Greg Hardy, the ex-NFL guy, is going to be in there too. And then you got the main event, Ferguson and Gaethje. What are your thoughts on this initially? Yeah, stacked top to bottom. Wanted to say that to Bush. You, you said the guy's name, Greg Hardy. He's fighting Jorgen De Castro. Every time UFC heavyweights fight, one punch changes everything mm-hmm. wanted to ask you because you played against the pro bowler greg hardy and i, I know in the episode with shaquille o'neal who grappled and wrestled with greg hardy shaq has been on record saying he is the strongest guy that he's grappled with what was it like fighting this guy in the trenches because this guy in a short amount of time is literally climbing the ranks and fighting some of the top dogs in the ufc Phys- he's, a, he's a physical beast i mean he uses his hands really well high motor guy, and he's just a guy, as the game goes on, he plays that much tougher. I was actually going to ask you about Hardy versus Castro, but I'm kind of glad you already gave some insight on it because I just wanted to know how his career was going because he he did have a solid NFL career. Unfortunately, some things off the field kind of derailed his NFL career. But when you you played that guy, you had to definitely bring your A game every single week because he had definitely had a knack for getting after the quarterback for sure. The Schmo's look, interview. Look at, wait, look, look at how good the Schmo is. We took the microphone out of his hand. And he still found a way to get a question. In. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I you love know it, he's Schmo. been doing this for a while. I love it. Let's, let's go. But we need insight on this UFC 249. Start wherever you want to, but we definitely want to hear about the main event. 
Yeah, let's start, start with Greg Hardy because he's been intriguing. The Schmo's been following his career from the onset. You know, Dana White has been kind of slow to feed him to the Wolves, hasn't been fighting the top 15 opponents, but he's been going through everybody. Getting these guys out in the first round, you're seeing the power. He's been dominating the guys. You haven't had to see the full verse of the game because he's learning how to grapple, learning the jiu-jitsu game. The power is there. He's been a quick learner. He's been training out of American top team in South Florida, the best gym in this country, arguably the best gym in the world. And he's been going through guys. What intrigues me about Greg Hardy is he went up into Russia on short notice against Volkov, Alexander Volkov, probably the best kicker in the heavyweight division. And Mm. this guy, he lasted. He was outclassed by him. But he went in there and he fought every single round and he was in the fight. You give Greg Hardy a couple of years, he can arguably become the heavyweight champion in the world. He is learning quickly. He's fighting. But he's got a tall task against Jorgen De Castro, who the show was down there in Melbourne, Australia, down under earlier uh, this year, I guess, late 2019, coming off an impressive knockout victory himself. Two guys that have one punch that will dictate the entire fight, someone's going to get knocked out. Oh, yeah. Someone's for sure getting knocked out. And uh, physically, Greg's a bigger guy, but Jorgen's power, you can't (laughs) – second to none. So it will be intriguing to see someone's getting knocked out. The Schmo's looking forward to that fight the most. Nice. I um, – we already stated it's three cards, May 9th, the 13th, and the 16th, all down there. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, up here in Jacksonville, Florida, because I'm in South Florida. But um, <laughs> there's going to be three cards, a bunch of fights, no fans. How, like, how do you think the fighters are going to be affected by that? I mean, because, look, me as a professional athlete, there was nothing like playing in the Superdome, Soldier Field, or down here in Hard Rock Stadium. When, you, when you're in your own system or when you're in your own stadium, you just feel very comfortable. You feel like you got, I guess you could say, an advantage. When you go play somewhere else and the, and the fans are booing you and they're dog cussing you and all you can do is sit back and just let that motivate you. I mean, I know these fire, these fighters get fired up off the of fans. How will having no fans play into the outcome of, this ma- of these matches? That's well, look, at even, even, even when you're in middle school, I mean, you got people huddled around you during a fight in high school. You got <laughs> people huddled around you. So how are these people going to get motivated? It's a great question. Those are great questions. Uh, but, Bush, I would just say that this is a little bit different of a sport than – basketball, football, baseball, you know, this isn't a team-oriented sport. It's literally when you get locked in the cage, it's you versus the other man or you versus the other woman. A lot of these athletes come from small circuits where they come from a lot of smaller organizations where there's not thousands of people in the stands. There's a couple hundred, couple fifty. But you got to remember some of these guys who come from a Dana White's contender series, his Tuesday night contender series, there's nobody there. The Schmo covers that you might have like 20, 50 people. It's an intimate setting. So mm-hmm. some of these guys and gals, it really won't affect them. And we saw in Brazil, they had that fight card the week of March 14th. You had uh, Kevin Lee fighting in that fight card, who's used to these big larger scale fight cards. They were fighting in Brazil in empty arena. So I actually don't think it's going to affect these guys as much as it would for a baseball player, a football player, basketball player, some of the team oriented sports. These guys will be able to adapt to this a lot differently than other fighters and other sports. I would say it might even help them because they don't have any other pressure from the fans. It's just them, their corner, and you're, you're one-on-one. You're going toe-to-toe with the other corner. And that's really it. There's no outside distraction. It's just what you have going on in the cage. So. 
And even I can see that. And even thinking about fight weeks, this is going to be different. I have no idea what sports are going to look like. Uh, fight weeks especially are going to be altered because of this virus. But these guys are used to going through the gauntlets, the media gauntlets, media day, which is always on Thursdays leading up to the fights on Saturdays. It's all virtual now. The USC is doing a virtual media day. Before, these guys are sitting down there for a couple hours, and they're going through one-on-ones, different journalists sticking their mics in their face, the schmo included, asking them all interrogating <laughs> questions. They got weigh-ins on Fridays. They got the ceremonial weigh-ins in front of the fans where they have to get up and do this whole scenic stuff. They have less obligation now, so now they could just focus more on the actual fight. I like it. I like I it. But main event, main event, though. Ferguson's been training for Habib. You know, that fight was supposed to happen for a good five years now. It keeps getting canceled. We'll get into that later if it's going to ever happen or not. But what do you think about this main event? Does this give Gaethje an advantage here? This is the, the, the Ferguson and Habib fight, the most cursed fight in UFC history. They were trying on their fifth time. Not one, not two, not three, not the fifth time. So if they mm. do the sixth time, it's going to have to be the charge. The most jinx fight. Tony Ferguson is on a crazy fight win streak. Double-digit times he's fought, and he hasn't lost. Mm. Now, and I'm going to bring this up, too, on the Schmozone podcast, but he's looking now to become the first two-time interim lightweight champion in UFC history because you forget he was the interim lightweight champion, and then he just got stripped of it just for basically no reason because Habib's the champion. Now, Tony Ferguson does not need this fight. He's already earned the right to be fighting for the championship out against Habib Narmagameda. He doesn't need this fight. But this guy, he's got this legendary Chuck Norris-type status among the MMA community. Tony Ferguson once broke a truck, you know, with his bear, bear claws, you know, that type of nostalgic type of renaissance-like man. He's got that kind of aura about him in the MMA community. He doesn't need this fight. Justin Gaethje's a scary guy. These guys are both going to put on a show every single time they fight. They are fan-friendly fights. They're going to brawl. Justin Gaethje, rightfully so, he would be the next man in line to fight. The Schmo personally wanted to see Conor McGregor fight Justin Gaethje and have a gauntlet of these top four guys, Habib, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, Conor McGregor. Those four duke it out. Uh, Winner, we'll find out who the best man is. But, uh, look, this is the next best fight for Tony Ferguson. The Schmo would have liked to have seen Tony fight Habib in the fall, but because this fight has been cursed so many different times, this is the next best fight. You're not going to be disappointed whether you're a casual fan or a diehard fan. This is a fight that's going to excite the fans, and Mm. I cannot wait to see those fireworks. Awesome. Can we get get the Schmo to pick a pro? Is there a pick? Tony Ferguson's going to get clipped no matter what. He's going to get clipped. It's going to hurt. If this thing, if Tony Ferguson's going to win this fight, it's going to happen in the later rounds. It's going to happen in the round three or the championship rounds, rounds four or five. If this fight ends early, it's going to be because Justin Gaethje finishes Tony Ferguson. Nice. Fair enough. Yeah. We're going to switch it up a little bit, Schmo, and we're going to go from the UFC now we're going to go to Chicago. We're going to hit Chicago. we got to talk about your Bears. I, was, uh, I played for the Bears for three years. I had a great experience there. I wish we could have went to the playoffs and maybe had an opportunity to, uh, you know, win a Super Bowl. But the Bears, how they stand right now, you're, you're a follower of them. Is Mitchell Trubisky the answer at quarterback? Do you think well, he can get it done? 
Well, they're not even picking up his fifth option. So Ryan Pace and the organization's already telling you this right off the bat that they don't believe in him. Look, they traded up in 2017. They had the third pick. The 49ers had the second pick. They, they switched up and they gave away future picks, important picks to get this guy. You had Deshaun Watson, who his coach, he's already beaten Alabama. His coach, I'm, the Schmo was pissed. The Schmo was there in Houston and even yeah. whispered in Deshaun Watson's ear. I hope the Chicago Bears take you. This guy's a proven winning quarterback, one at the college level. Dabble Sweeney's called him the Michael Jordan of football. Granted, yes, has he not had as a successful career to this point as Patrick Mahomes, who was taken still after Trubisky? Who was also there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might go down as one of the worst trades. If, if, if Trubisky can't get find a way to get back to how he was playing a couple years back, that might be one of the worst trades in NFL history. That's just, you know, it's just my opinion. Listen, I don't understand it. He had one good season at North Carolina. He didn't have that two, three-year sustained excellence at North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You're drafting on potential. I hate it. And I hate the fact that the Bears do this every single year. They can never get the right quarterback. You played with Jay Cutler. How much Mm -hmm. scrutiny did that guy go through? Yet he shattered all of the Bears' passing records at the quarterback position. Prior to him, you'd say Sid Luckman's the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history. And they just can't get it right at that stable position. Every single year, they have such a great defense. They're able to get, you know, solid running backs throughout the years. They're able to get great offensive linemen, whether they draft their free agency. I'm looking at the guy, your good-looking guy, dressed like Joe Exotic-like now, who plays a solid Pro Bowl caliber tackle position, and they can't get it right at the helm. It drives the schmo crazy. Yeah, but you know what? They did bring in Nick Foles, and that should kind of ramp up some competition. Hopefully it does uh, some good things to Mitch and kind of turns his game around, so. They brought in Nick Foles, but he did lose the starting quarterback position to the sixth-round pick, Gardner Minshew, over in Jacksonville last year. He's played great under the system. He's had the great tutelage other than their quarterback's coach. And and he understands the system of DiFilippo. He understands Matt Nagy. He's played with those Mm -hmm. guys, Andy Reid, over in Kansas City. He gets it. But look. He wasn't the best quarterback available, and it bothers me. It bothers me the most. I know he has to pass a physical. We haven't been able to see it due to the coronavirus situation. We can't see how he's really healthy. But, guys, he's still a free agent. Cam Newton, he brought the Panthers to a Super Bowl. How is this guy not on a roster? That's, that's exactly what Bush and me wants to know as well. <laughs> well. Obviously, it's an injury thing. I think, you know, kind of going back looking at the Cam Newton situation, he got really banged up last year. You come off those surgeries, they kind of want to. They kind of want to kick the tires before they, you know, make that long-term investment or short-term investment because he'd probably be end up being a backup this year. Which is- How does the Miami Dolphins feel about Drew Brees when he tore his shoulder up and he was a free agent coming out of San Diego? People didn't want to take a chance on him, except your squad right over there, yeah. the Saints. They believed sure- in him. Surefire Hall of Famer. There's no quarterback in NFL history that's thrown more touchdowns than Drew Brees. And people thought his career was over in, what, 2011? Look, Cam Newton is young. He's 31 years young. Kurt Warner reinvented himself after coming from the Giants over to the Arizona Cardinals in his mid-30s. Don't give up on this guy. I mean, history tells you 
It drives the schmo nuts. I love Nick Foles. The schmo went to the University <laughs> of Arizona, and Nick Foles, Arizona quarterback, threw the ball to, to Gronk. Love the Arizona. Bear down just like the bear. Bear down, bear down. You can have it in college. You can have it in the pros. But look, he wasn't the best man available. It was Cam Newton. I'm look not at this guy. Look, look at look at his passion. Look, I can feel it. I can feel the passion bleeding through you. The schmo knows. The schmo knows UFC. The schmo knows football. You need to get new shirts. Schmo knows. The schmo know knows. Schmo know, I don't know if schmo knows fashion because you called my co-host good looking. So we might need to get those. We might need to get those glasses checked. You're the one who can't speak on fashion. This is a nice shirt. You throw a nice jacket on. It's a nice date night shirt. I don't care what you say. I think I look good. My, that shirt looks like my grandmother's couch in 1982. Well, then your grandmother has great style. <laughs> I can rock with your grandma. <laughs> All right, the schmo does know. Let's jump into some basketball, schmo. So you had uh, you had T.O. on talking about the last dance. That was pretty cool. Um, you grew up in Chicago. We have our own uh, review show where we talk about the last dance. We've done the last four episodes. Um, Let's see. We talk about what we like, what we don't like. We're going to ask you, what were you most surprised as somebody who grew up in that era? What surprised you so far the most out of those four episodes? Well, you got to say this, though. Um, you you got to remember whether you like the documentary or don't like the documentary. Michael Jordan has final say of what we're seeing. He's the one who finally gave the green light to release this documentary. So all the bits that we're seeing, they have to get the green light from Michael Jeffrey Jordan, his airness, the greatest basketball player of all time. Hello. With that being said, Schmo, you're talking to a guy who grew up in the 90s, dyed his hair for Halloween, Dennis Rodman style, rocked the <laughs> champion style jerseys, whether it was a Scottie Pippen, Tony Kukoc, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, Steve Kerr, Dennis Rodman, you name it. Love that team. Diehard Bulls fan. What intrigues me the most is everybody is harping on Jerry Krause, and for better or worse, the guy couldn't get out of his own shadow. Jerry Krause obviously dismantled this team and yes to his credit he did have the acquisitions of Tony Kukoc he, he drafted Tony Kukoc he did trade Horace Grant he did trade for Dennis Rodman he did draft Scottie Pippen he's got to get the rightful credit the one piece he didn't draft is Michael Jordan he came there afterwards but I think that Kraus is getting all of the blame where the owner, Jerry Reinsdorf, the guy writing the checks, is not getting any fault at all. He's literally scathing through this thing like an angel when he's the one who has the ultimate decision-making power saying, hey, we can sign this guy. We can sign these guys for one more year. Let these guys run out on their horse, on their sunset, fall on their shield, as they say. You know, guys are the year. But I think this, this group was dismantled orchestrated for a reason you remember after that season the NBA had the shortened years the lockout season the Spurs won the NBA championship they played less games and it was just the writing was on the wall so the biggest surprise for me is that Jerry Reinsdorf is looking like an angel so far throughout this when he needs a little bit of the blame here himself well he's the one who signs the checks so that's a good point that you make well, he's still alive, and Krause has passed away. Rest his soul, but he can't defend himself. <laughs> can't defend himself. Right, right. Very true. All right, um, now what are, you most, what are you most looking forward to coming up in these next episodes? Because we talked about this. You got, you got Barkley coming up. They haven't played the Sun Jet in the show. You got baseball. You got gambling. You got his father. What are you most looking forward to? Yeah, you got all that. I, I can't wait to hear from the Bean. Uh, I know it's relatively sensitive, and rest in peace, one of the all-time greats. 
Kobe being Bryant, but I can't wait to see what Kobe had to say about his matchup against Jordan, mm. what those were like. Gary Payton, the best defensive point guard in NBA history, the trash talking that he has. I want to see what they reveal because I remember how athletically great Sean Kemp was in the post and Gary Payton throwing fits at Jordan. I want to see that one year the Seattle Supersonics played the, the Bulls. I want to see what that dynamic's like. You brought up uh, baseball. I do want to see that, of course. Jordan riding the bus, playing for the A Barons, the Chicago White Sox organization. I think he mm-hmm. had turned down a contract with the Oakland Athletics to play with their professional team to stay in Jerry Reinsdorf's own White Sox <laughs> organization, which, by the way, that needs to be talked about too because Jerry Reinsdorf owns the White Sox, and he's been on record saying that it was, that 2005 White Sox championship meant more to him than the six NBA championships the Bulls brought because he's a baseball guy. Jordan's wow. murdered 93. He's a baseball guy playing in honor for him. Are we going to dispel the, um, the rumor that Jordan retired the first time due to gambling or to fulfill a promise he made to his father to play professional mm-hmm. baseball? Was he burnt out? That storyline very intrigued about. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I can't wait. For, I just look every Sunday. I'm glued to the TV like a child. Like I'm just, I'm there. <laughs> Nobody. I got two hours. Don't, don't, not too much talking. I'll have my dinner before. I have a couple of drinks in my hand. So it'll be a good deal. It'll be a good night. I, I'm looking forward to nine o'clock tonight for sure. Do you have a, do you have a robe that matches that shirt that you watch it in? Oh, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Do you have a Do you have a robe that matches that shirt that you watch? No, I actually have some shorts, so I'll, I'll wear the whole thing next time, and I'll do a. You know, you'll be able to see the whole thing. You'll get the whole uh, Joe Exotic experience. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Shmo, we're going to end it. We're going to end it with questions from my kids. Say hi, kid. Shmo. Hi. Okay. Hi. Give it to them. If you had a daughter, would you let her be a part of? UFC. Would you let her be a UFC fighter? Wow. If you had a daughter, would you let her be a UFC fighter? Now, that is the toughest question that Schmo's heard this entire podcast. <laughs> you know what? I, that's the first time that Schmo has to think about that question. I think before I would think about her being a UFC fighter, we'd roll her into karate, self-defense classes, teach her jiu-jitsu, teach her basic boxing skills. Have her do learn competition and see how she interacts through the fire and mm-hmm. know the risks involved. And look, if this is gunko, what she has her set to do, and she can be the very best at it, who is the schmo to, and that is her dream, lifelong dream, who is the schmo to get in her way for doing that? If she understands the risks and she takes the right precautions and all the right steps are on the way, we'd have to take it day by day. But I don't want to say no without – taking the chances and the rightful precautions before it's all said and done. Say thank you. Thank you. All right. You get out of here. And that's actually a good answer because I get that question a lot when I'm talking about this big dog. Oh, my goodness. Right here. Everybody always asks me, say hi, Shmo. Hi. So people ask me about him playing football because I know how violent it is. I'm just, if he really wants to do it, we'll see how he is when he's younger. He's playing a little bit now, but we'll get those pads on one day. Give it to him. Who's the best UFC fighter you see and why? I think because of everything, it's got to be Conor McGregor. 
Because when you see him perform inside the octagon and the crowds and the business savviness he has outside the octagon, fighting Floyd Mayweather in boxing, him able to back it up, him able to return after making millions, it's got to be from the showmanship. It's got to be the notorious Conor McGregor. I like that. Yeah, I can totally agree. Good job, big dog. Say bye. Bye. All right, you're right. There we go. Hey, uh, I think this was a good one. I appreciate you coming on, brother. Appreciate you guys having this schmo. And the last comment on I wanted to say in the last dance is, rightfully so that Jordan gets this platform of nothing else on TV to compete with, no sports going on. It would have been interesting to see this going on during the NBA Finals. Who knows, maybe it would have been a Los Angeles Lakers versus Milwaukee Bucks, kind of like a throwback to the Kareem days in the NBA Finals and, and LeBron playing against Giannis. But it's great that Jordan gets this platform by itself, nothing to compete against. Very good. Point. The Schmo knows. The Schmo knows. We need to create these shirts. Schmo knows. Yeah. Schmo knows like Bo knows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Schmo, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you are going to Jacksonville, be safe. Keep in touch. We appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate you guys having the Schmo. We'll do this again. We'll get you oh, on yeah. the Schmo zone. And oh, yeah. uh, stay safe out there, guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Mom. We'll see you guys.